The Toby Gribbon Show. Highlights. Head over to Hulu this March, where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long. Catch the acclaimed movie, All of Us Strangers, starring Paul Mescal and Andrew Scott. Stream the new Hulu original limited series, We Were the Lucky Ones, with Joey King and Logan Lerman. And don't forget about Grey's Anatomy. Every Grey's episode ever is now streaming on Hulu. So, what are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu. Botox Cosmetic, out of botulinum toxin A, FDA approved for over 20 years. So, talk to your specialist to see if Botox Cosmetic is right for you. For full prescribing information, including boxed warning, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. Remember to ask for Botox Cosmetic by name. To see for yourself and learn more, visit BotoxCosmetic.com. That's BotoxCosmetic.com. Becky Walsh is a stand-up comedian that will change your life. And she's here with us today. How are you? Um, excellent. I mean, any stand-up comedian that says, oh, do you know what, I'm actually really having a bad day. It's not someone you actually ever want to go and see on stage. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, definitely. So, first of all, how would you describe the style of your comedy? It's kind of provocative. And what I mean by that is... Like, personal development has always been a kind of like a boring, bland, you know, we talk about mental health, we take it very seriously. And there is a good cause in taking it seriously. However, real transformation can happen, like shifts in your thoughts can happen by laughing, by laughing with yourself, by laughing at yourself. So it's provocative, it's life changing. But the most important thing is it's hilarious. Mm. And I guess laughing at yourself does help because you're just not taking yourself seriously and aren't taking your life seriously in general, which makes you happier, perhaps. It totally does. And we get into what's known as a victimised story. So you get into the story of the victim. Oh, woe is me. This has happened. It was really unfair. My childhood was a misery. All of these terrible things happened. But in actual fact, in neuroscience, we discover that our memories aren't correct. And in actual fact, our memories are memories of memories. And sometimes we can even remember a memory of something when we've only ever seen a photograph. So in actual fact, the subconscious mind can't tell the difference between what's happening now and what we think happened before. So by rewriting your story, by changing your memory to be a happier memory, I mean, obviously the the original memory isn't exactly the original memory either, but by changing what we made things mean, by laughing at it or by taking the seriousness out of it. I mean, obviously, there's some things that are very serious, but but does it need to stay like that? Does our story need to envelop into more and more of a victim over time? Or can we be the hero in our story yeah. and change the story so that we actually end up being, woohoo, but I survived? Because <laughs> you did if you're still here. Well done. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. And I guess it's quite hard to take on mental health issues and be funny at the same time. I guess that takes two talents. It does. But what's really interesting is that the, that the voices in our head are not who we are we're the thinker of the thoughts and if 
if you don't know what I'm talking about, if you've ever been roaringly drunk, I mean, slurring your words, yeah. the um, the awareness of being drunk is sober. So then you kind of go, eh, what, eh? What was the awareness, what? So, and it's true, you're aware that you're drunk and the awareness of being drunk is sober. Mm. And this is very much like when we're angry or anxious or traumatised or upset, we're aware that that's happening to us. Yeah. So the poking fun that we do through comedy is the thoughts, not the thinker. Mm. And the thoughts can go, oh, yeah, do you know what? I am, I am being, oh, yeah, I don't actually need to worry about that. Yeah. These are these are subpersonalities also known in young psychology as archetypes. And when we poke fun at these archetypes, they, they're like monsters in the mind uh, or monkeys is another way people call it uh, the chimp brain. When you, when you actually are, are able to kind of like laugh at those aspects of the brain, it disempowers them. Yeah. So it is difficult to be funny whilst talking about men- mental health stuff. But the one thing is, is that it's so highly relatable because I have never met a psychologically balanced human being. Yeah, that's for sure. And on the subject of changing your mind about negative thoughts you're having, a lot of the time you might feel down for a day or whatever and you don't actually know why. Is there a way you can sort of find the cause of that? Yeah, and this is a difficulty because... You know, sometimes we just actually really need to feel down. And sometimes there is no real cause for feeling down. Sometimes it can be um, what you've eaten or haven't eaten. The fact that it can, food has a huge bearing on this. What goes on in your gut is extremely important to your mood. And we're really just discovering this scientifically. We always think that our moods are created by the brain in our head. We actually have three brains. You have a brain in your head, a brain in your heart, and a brain in your gut. And actually your mood is created more by the brain in your gut than anywhere else so if you've ever been hangry you'll know exactly what I'm talking about when you really want to eat something but there's a lot of stuff that's going on in the gut and looking after your gut bacteria is really important and the more science kind of starts to look at this sometimes it's really about diet and it's about exercise and it's all of those things and there's not actually anything wrong with your life but what we're really good at when we feel down is looking for reasons so we start thinking about reasons and then we start creating a story because that's how our brain works and then we create a story about why we're down and then something that wasn't really a big problem before suddenly becomes massive Um, and everyone does that so the thing that I would say is get some great nutrients Mm. and you'll feel better yeah (laughs) what's really weird is that I find the tiniest things will put me in a bad mood for the rest of the day but when something really bad happens I don't really mind is that weird yeah no that's true and it's because we get into this sense of entitlement of that shouldn't have happened And we tell stories like, I'm a good person. I do nice things to animals and small children and old people. How and why? It's not fair. Because we believe that that there's kind of like a cause and effect. There only bad things should happen to bad people. So our sense of entitlement, if you're a good person, means that the smallest thing can make us feel the biggest amount of pain. Whereas when something really big happens, we get to be a hero. We get to fix the big problem. And we go, whoa, I faced something massive. I'm a freaking hero. I solve the huge problem so actually humanity does like solving problems we just can't stand paper cuts yeah definitely so what made you want to get into the comedy and the mental health side of things did you decide to do them both at the same time or did it just happen one at a time yeah it's um i can't stand human beings and uh, (laughs) i decided that if i had to continue living on this damn planet with them all that i needed to fix them so um (laughs) 
<laughs> that's not strictly true but uh i think uh it's it sort of started in my therapy session so i, I work as a coach and a kind of therapist and what i started to realize was the more provocative sometimes i was the the better the the session was and it was when this woman came to see me who gave me a list of everyone she'd gone to see and a list of why it didn't work and a list of the problems she had and she really didn't want to get let go of the story she she was coming to see me to be proved that she was unhelpable she she wanted that proof and that evidence and at the time I, I was an agony aunt on a radio show so she even was going for the and you're famous so you have to fix me now <laughs> and I just said wow I said but wow okay so with and with a glint in my eye and a little smile around my lips I went you're totally messed up like you're the most messed up person I've ever met and she went oh. I, in fact I did use stronger language but and she said I am not messed up and uh, listed off everything that she could do to fix herself mm. and then when she finished she looked at me with indignity and I said so why aren't you then and she went oh you clever little cow <laughs> and it, it made me realize that when we're stuck on a story unless something comes to provoke a thought and we don't we don't want to provoke someone by being mean to them yeah. we need to provoke them with humor we need to snap them out of it with humor and with love and with warmth in your heart and a glint mm. in your eye and a cheekiness about you and it really really works yeah definitely and your lbc show as well was that well before you started doing this type of work that you do now it's all part of the same thing so that mm. was really interesting so those of you who don't know this the the lbc show was known as the psychic show yeah. which is quite a, a controversial thing but going back to the time there wasn't really another word for kind of spirituality and that kind of way of thinking you know we'd only just got rid of the word occult out of the bookshop and turned it into mind body soul and then now it's called well-being so you can kind of like see how things kind of graduate you know yeah. you know the sort of stuff that I was talking about then are things that Russell Brand is talking about now um, mm. but what was interesting about that is I never did future predictions I never believed in them and when I finished that radio show I actually moved to America to really study the neuroscience and what was going on in the brain between people who were classed as psychic or highly highly intuitive and just normal people who just were just I think just as intuitive yeah. um, and what I discovered was actually this is all about the gut brain and the heart brain and the brain that's in your head what I discovered from that was that there is no such thing really as what we class as being some kind of supernatural power in mm. terms of psychic ability that it's in the same way that someone who's autistic may be really great with maths numbers names they have a left hemisphere ability uh, someone who is dyslexic has a right hemisphere ability and they're often highly intuitive and can read a room when you know and read people within the room and have a huge level of empathy so I crashed the word psychic uh, retrained as a life coach but still use all of that high intuitive capacity to be able to help people because yeah. I think um, when you can read someone uh, it's like I kind of hear people like they're making sound which sounds a strange thing to say yeah. but when you can read people you can save somebody so much time sitting there kind of like talking about family dynamics when you're like I get the sense this happened and they're like yeah that totally happened I, it has a bearing on this yeah. you know so so it moves a therapeutic session uh, along in in a way that is more revealing uh, and less financially burdening on your bank account so yeah that's a good thing yeah and when you're life coaching people if it's the first time you've ever met someone is it hard 
hard to find out what they need fixed. No, not at all. No, 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 not at all. Um, there's, there's so much about a person when they sit down in front of you or even on a Zoom. Hey, everyone. I've been on the go recently. Phoenix, Kansas City, Chicago. If you're like me and have a home but aren't always at home, you have an Airbnb. Hosting your home or a spare room is a very practical side hustle. If you live in a big game town, you can Airbnb your place for fans to stay in. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash boast. Head over to Hulu this March, where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long. Catch the acclaimed movie, All of Us Strangers, starring Paul Mescal and Andrew Scott. Stream the new Hulu original limited series, We Were the Lucky Ones, with Joey King and Logan Lerman. And don't forget about Grey's Anatomy. Every Grey's episode ever is now streaming on Hulu. So, what are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. That you can feel, oh. you know, so the person comes in, I always uh, start the session with, you know, what do you want to get out of this? And within that answer, within that very first sentence, it's not the words, it's the space in between the words, it's the breath, it's the movement, it's the way in which they, you know, talk about something. And also words are extremely powerful. So mm. things kind of like stand stand up to you. Um, I was thinking about this the other day, a lady came to see me and she said, oh, um, my, my husband died. Mm. And she left the pause for me to say, oh, I'm terribly sorry about your loss. But that wasn't what I felt. I didn't feel grief or sadness coming from her. I felt relief. And so I said to her, I said, um, he must have been ill for a long time. And she said he was. I said, well, you must feel very relieved. And she went, oh, thank God. She said, oh, thank God. Honestly, I'm sick to death of playing the the victim of the, oh, the sad, bereaved. Honestly, he died how he wanted to die. He was fed up and he wanted to go. And I just want my life to start. And that's why I'm sitting here in front of you. So anyone else would think that she'd come to see me to talk about grief. But she hadn't. She'd come to talk about life. But that guilt of how we're supposed to behave, how we're supposed to feel holds people back into patterns of, of conventional societal thought process and that's why intuition is really important because if I'd have said oh my gosh I'm so sorry about your loss she wouldn't have got anything out of the session that she wanted to because she would have thought I would have judged her yeah. about her newfound freedom mm, yeah so going back to your stand-up when you do a show, what does it consist of exactly? So the first half of it is talking about these subpersonalities. So yeah. um, the show that I'm doing at the moment is called That Snotty Inner Child. Because right. if anyone's gone into therapy and done such a thing called inner child work, it sounds very beautiful, but it really isn't, especially if you discover that the inner child that you have is really obnoxious, snotty-nosed, horrible lank hair, horrible dress, and you're supposed
supposed to be finding this inner self-love for part of yourself that you're loathing. So the, the whole uh, the whole bit about this is all about like turning mine into a chihuahua in an oversized jumper. <laughs> so we're kind of talking about um, therapy. So the first part of it is uh, scripted comedy, but but I find it hard to stick to a script. So I do bounce off the audience quite a lot and yeah. reactions and things that people say. And the second part of the show is provocative therapy. So it's um, provoking the audience. So the audience might put up their hand and give me something that they want. Like, I have a magic wand. What do you want? And they will say, oh, you know, I want to be a better dad. Uh, is the, the last show someone said that. Um, someone said, I want to speak with more confidence. And, and then what we do is we look into that. You know, I want to be more organized, you know, or I want to be a millionaire. And so we, we rip that apart and have really, really good fun with it. And I only have one minute to complete everything that I've got to say to that person and someone times me. Wow. And to, to me, that's the funniest part of the show. And I don't have time to think about whether or not I'm going to sound like an idiot uh, because because I'm the most fun when I am. So um, <laughs> so that's the best bit of the show, I think. Yeah, definitely. And you've got a show coming up in Bristol on the 18th of October, right? You are well researched, sir. Yes, I do. <laughs> um, yes, and it's free. So wow. I think we've just had a really tough time and uh, and so I did put a £10 charge on it and then I just went do you know what if you've come out of your house and you're worried about Covid and you want to go oh, just no let's just have a laugh yeah. so um, yeah so you can book tickets on Eventbrite um, and the reason for that being is obviously Covid keeping low numbers mm. uh, so there's only 20 people coming to this event it was a bigger one in, in Western but there's only 20 people coming so um, if you want to get hold of that um, have a look at my website beckywash.com that will give you a link to the Eventbrite on my show page and then you can book yourself a ticket for that yeah smashing and i guess after this year and a half of covid there's a lot of people that need their issues solving don't they yeah and this is exactly why i wanted to do it there was a couple of things that happened to me in lockdown one was i had this sudden realization that the thing i love most in the world is being on stage and when the theaters closed and i suddenly went what what what, hang on what have i been doing why am i not doing this like i've really considered that i needed to have a sensible career path as a coach and a teacher and a trainer and an author and all of those things I suddenly hit my whoa no 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 because once you take something away from someone it provoked me into realizing how much I loved it and so I thought no no I've got to get on stage I've got to do it that's it so um, I'm still doing all of the other things but I'm also throwing myself into sweating precariously uh, in front of an audience of people and I have no regrets I love it to bits yeah and I guess it's exciting to finally be back oh it is I mean the first because we did it in a bar the, the last one in Western Supermare yeah. and so it's quite nice being in a bar you get to talk to people before you go on stage so there's no kind of like coming in through the, the, the star curtain at the back with your jazz hands <laughs> um, you just suddenly have to I always face up stage and then kind of like turn around not dramatically you know mm-hmm. but sort of face up stage and go okay pull it in like put not just my stomach but pull everything upwards energetically and then turn and they go hello all right ladies and gentlemen and just kind of start there and the minute I spoke and got everybody's attention and I just thought yeah this is this is going to be this is going to be a really good night and there was something very special happened that night Mm -hmm. because people were so up for it they were like me 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 I want to say something I want to get I want to 
get involved. Whereas quite often um, before COVID, people would stand, sit there with their arms folded going, I don't know actually if she's funny. Is she funny? Do you think she's funny? <laughs> I'm not laughing until we know if she's funny. I don't. And that would happen for about 15 minutes. You'd have to work on an audience yeah. to, to, before they would decide if you're funny. It's only 10 minutes if you're a bloke and 15 if you're a woman, just mm. saying. <laughs> <laughs> I guess in most shows, a lot of people are probably scared of audience participation because they're quite nervous but the type of people that go to your shows would they be more confident because they'd expect that i'm more desperate potentially um, <laughs> i think yeah i think more confident because they expect but also it's about how you make people feel safe mm. so you know you don't kind of pick on someone because they're going to the bathroom you don't yeah. say where you're from sorry no no where are you from leeds no i am sorry you're from leeds you know yeah. you don't yeah. you don't take the mick out of someone for being an accountant it's um there's roasting that normally happens in stand-up I do the opposite of roasting I do intense loving you know so it's kind of and it is it's kind of odd and I have wondered I thought actually I probably should call this a one woman show rather than stand-up because I think stand-up you expect to be roasted on the way to the bathroom and some people go to the bathroom just to get the attention Mm. whereas uh, you know other people will be sitting there crossing their legs the entire time and I actually start the show with saying nobody's going to get roasted I'm not going to take the mickey out of anybody you know um, it's all going to be done absolutely with with love and humour and if you're not laughing with me then I'm laughing at you and that is not okay I don't think you should ever be laughing at anybody so it it really is taking a very different turn on a traditional stand-up but it's done in exactly the same way as you would do stand-up comedy yeah absolutely so when you're not doing stand-up and things like that what do you like to spend your time doing dogs so um, over the over the yeah <laughs> Sounds bizarre. But um, over the lockdown period, um, I started fostering dogs for a charity that were bringing them over from Romania and Bosnia. And so I was having about two dogs at a time. So I ended up with six in total. I've kept one of them called Buddy, uh, mainly because he was so hard to uh, rehome and too cute. Um, but yeah, he's got some health conditions. So we, I, I've kept hold of Buddy. Um, but I love do- dog walking. I like reading. But I am a bit of a workaholic. I, I'm happier when I'm working mm. um, or watching something like Handmaid's Tale I can't channel flick I can't you know so I think fun for me is usually work um, but but I think that that's because my work's creative mm. so if I'm writing or doing something like that it's uh, that's the sort of stuff that makes me happy um, so yeah I, I'm not really, I, I can't sort of say oh you know I have this wonderful I can't sit on a sofa and just do nothing I'm not that kind of person yeah <laughs> unless there's wine involved and then I'll lie on it yeah <laughs> I suppose a job like yours isn't one that somebody would end up doing just to make money. It's something that you wanted to do in the first place. Yeah, it is. And I think it's, you know, it sounds a little bit kind of me to kind of like call it a calling. Um, But I, I think it sort of is. I think it's sort of one of those things that either... Either you're awake in the world and you're looking and you're conscious and you're thinking and you're questioning Mm. um, or you're after the big bucks. And, you know, it's kind of hard to if you're thinking and questioning to make the big bucks because you always think, oh, well, you know, should I be charging this or should I be doing this? Or, you know, Mm. I think I think I come from school school of overthinking um, and I'm a bit of a multi potential. There's lots and lots of things I I enjoy. So I, I yeah, I had a really good 
friend of mine once say to me, you could be a darn millionaire if you just stuck to one thing. Um, and I think that that's true. I think you either work to live or just, you know, live to just live. You know, it's, it's yeah, it's that kind of way. Yeah, definitely. Well, where are we able to check out all your stand up and book tickets for this event in Bristol, if you're just able to remind us of that? Yeah, everything bounces off BeckyWalsh.com. So uh, if you head over to BeckyWalsh.com, it'll give you links to my YouTube channel, to online courses that I do to be able to book an appointment with me. Um, it links to all of those places and just to kind of like learn some more and maybe find something that might make you giggle. Great. Well, thanks very much for joining us today. We hope you have a great rest of your day. That will do. Thank you. And thank you so much for allowing me to come along. I, you're a really great interviewer. I really, really enjoyed that. Thank you. Thank you. Head over to Hulu this March, where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long. Catch the award-winning movie, Poor Things, starring Emma Stone, Mark Ruffalo, and Willem Dafoe. Check out the new documentary, Freaknik, The Wildest Party Never Told, about the iconic Atlanta street party. And don't miss FX's Shogun, a reimagining of the epic tale, starring Anna Sawai. So, what are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu. The Toby Gribben Show!